This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, October 29th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. Health savings accounts can dramatically improve the ways in which Americans engage with their own health care spending. But HSAs are also an unsung investment tool. Cato's Michael Cannon details how aggressive savers can take advantage of HSAs to both lower health care expenses and save for retirement. The health savings account which is both a financial innovation and an innovation for paying for health care, it is, I think, underappreciated the degree to which it is a pretty fabulous investment vehicle, uh, given a few circumstances. So if you wouldn't mind, just walk us through uh, one, just the the general uh, elements of an HSA, and uh, two, why the perform so well as a vehicle for investment. So to understand why the HSA is such a good investment vehicle, you have to understand the purpose of the HSA, which is to correct for the perverse incentives in the way federal tax code treats employer-sponsored health insurance. The federal tax code completely distorts not just our health insurance choices, but also our medical consumption choices because there's this weird tax preference for employer-sponsored insurance that doesn't exist for other ways of paying for health care or health insurance. And that, that what we call the tax exclusion for employer-sponsored insurance, that distortion of our, our health insurance and medical decision-making is so huge and so profound that when you try to eliminate it by creating these things called health savings accounts, which are tax-free accounts where where you can put money in tax-free and use that money to pay for your out-of-pocket medical expenses, because the HSAs are supposed to mimic the tax treatment of employer-sponsored insurance, they're this tremendously valuable, they end up being this tremendously valuable savings vehicle where the money you put into your health savings account is tax-free. The IRS excludes it from your income and payroll tax basis, so tax-free going in. The money in your account grows, and when it grows, it grows tax-free. The government doesn't tax the the interest or the the appreciation of those accounts. And then when you take the money out to pay for medical expenses, the government doesn't tax it then either. And and when you reach age, and there's a penalty if you take it out for uh, non-medical expenses, there's a penalty and you have to pay uh, income and payroll taxes on it. Or actually, I think just income taxes. But that penalty disappears when you turn age 65. And so you only pay income taxes on that money when you take it out after age 65, even for non-medical expenses. And so the tax benefits of health savings accounts are just tremendous. And they are tremendous because we're trying to mimic and therefore minimize the distortions in this really uh, ridiculous and harmful uh, feature of the tax code that we call the tax exclusion for employer-sponsored insurance. So for reasonably young people who are reasonably healthy and can afford uh, to put away uh, money into an HSA, let's say max out an HSA, what does that mean for them? So here's what it means. And they don't work just for healthy people, uh, but let's, let's you know, talk about the example that you raised. If you enroll in what we call a qualified high deductible health plan, so that is a health plan with a 
deductible of at least $1,400 if you're if you have self-only coverage, or at least $2,800 if you have family coverage. If you enroll in one of those health plans, then you can put money into a health savings account tax-free. If you have self-only coverage, you can put in $3,600. If you have family coverage, you can put in $7,200 tax-free. And, oh, if you are age 55 or older, you can put in an extra $1,000 that we call them catch-up contributions, also tax-free. And that money is then there in your health savings account to help you pay your out-of-pocket medical expenses. The that is that is sort of the intended use of the HSA uh, is is to be there for your out-of-pocket medical expenses, but that's not the only way to use an HSA. Once you put that money in there, you can still pay for your out-of-pocket medical expenses uh, with uh, other funds with after-tax dollars, money you've already paid taxes on. And if you do that, then the money that uh, is in your HSA just continues to grow and grow tax-free. You're just contributing money to that, and and all that money is uh, growing tax-free. You can put it in you know, uh, uh, you could put it in a zero interest checking account. You could put it in an interest bearing savings account. You could put it in a money market account. You can even invest your HSA funds in a mutual fund. And all that growth uh, is is tax free. And here's one of the really interesting and uh, really beneficial parts of using HSAs in this way. If you put all that money in your health savings account, $3,000 or $7,000 a year tax free, let it grow and pay for your medical expenses with your out-of-pocket medical expenses with after-tax dollars, you can still, years down the road, take money out of your HSA and spend it on other things, non-medical expenses, and do that tax-free on a tax-free basis without paying taxes on those withdrawals from your HSA. So long as you kept the receipts for whatever out-of-pocket medical expenses you incurred between opening the HSA and making those withdrawals. Because the law says you have to take, uh, you, you can only take money out of the HSA for uh, qualified medical expenses, but it doesn't say you have to do that in the same year you incur those medical expenses. So if you uh, incur $1,000 of uh, qualified medical expenses in the year 2000, uh, not the year 2000, 2020, and pay for that with after tax dollars, just out of your regular checking account. And then in 2021, you say, oh, you know what? I'm a little liquidity constrained. I'm facing a cash crunch. I want to take $1,000 out of my HSA. You could do that tax-free as long and spend it on a TV or whatever you want, as long as you still have the receipts from the $1,000 of qualified medical expenses from the previous year, so that if you get audited by the IRS, you can say, all you have to do is show that all of your HSA withdrawals However much you have withdrawn from your HSA over the life of that account, uh, you have qualified medical expenses that uh, match or exceed that amount. And all you need to do to show the IRS that is show them the receipts. And so the HSA really provides a lot of flexibility in how you can manage your money that way. Uh, and the the tax advantages um, are even greater than they may seem on paper because you have that sort of flexibility. So HSAs are meant, that is to say, designed in law to be paired with a higher deductible 
health plan? That is what the law says. In order to make those tax-free contributions, you have to be enrolled in one of these qualified high deductible health plans in the month in which you make that contribution. And this is you know, maybe one of the worst features of HSAs, that they require people not just to have insurance in order to make those tax-free contributions to an HSA, but also a particular kind of insurance that not everybody likes. You know, why, why, does the, why is the minimum deductible $1,400 for uh, self-only coverage? Why not $1,300? Why not 1000 Why not $500? There's, uh, the, there's no right uh, deductible amount uh, uh, that you, you can apply to an entire population of people. People's preferences will differ when it comes to not only what their deductible is, but uh, what the maximum out of pocket uh, exposure is in, under a given plan. And when Congress created health savings accounts, they tied them to this narrow conception of health insurance that you know Republicans happened to like because it was Republicans who pushed for this change. And, and that means that the benefits of health savings accounts are only available to people whose preferences match the sort of ideological preferences of Republicans when it comes to uh, what health insurance should look like. That's unfortunate because a lot more people who could be using health savings accounts, uh, it, they could be reducing the distortions in our health sector a lot more and doing a lot more to make health care more affordable for everyone if people could combine their health savings account with any type of health insurance plan, high deductible, low deductible, whatever. Uh, and Or if they could... Uh, just have an HSA without health insurance. There are a lot of people who are uninsured right now who think health insurance is not a good deal for them. You know what we should be doing for them? We should be letting them have an HSA, accumulate funds in that account to pay for their out-of-pocket medical expenses. And if they accumulate enough funds in that account, you know what they're going to do? They're going to buy health insurance to protect those assets so that one illness does not wipe out their entire health savings account balance. Uh, so right now, you're right, Caleb, they do tie, the law does tie health savings accounts to this narrow definition of health insurance. That's really unfortunate uh, that they that, that it does so. Um, also because, I, I, I might add, there are also maximum deductibles allowable here. The law says that you cannot have, if you have a deductible that exceeds $7,000 for a self-only plan or $14,000 for a family plan, you cannot make tax-free health savings account contributions. Uh, there are some people who would prefer higher deductibles, uh, but cannot get the health insurance they want and have an HSA because the, the law uh, contains too many restrictions on HSA. Okay. So there's this band of deductibles that are allowed to be paired with a health savings account, can't be too high, can't be too low. Uh, for people who have a large sum of money in a, a health savings account, and again, that they are reasonably healthy and would would prefer not to touch those funds. There's no reason why they couldn't seek out, bar without this exclusion, uh, could not seek out a very high deductible plan and dramatically lower what they pay in uh, costs for health insurance. That's right. I know people who've had deductibles of twenty five thousand dollars per year because they had been smart with their money, saved, a, put a lot of money away, and they were confident that they could cover a deductible that high. Uh, but if you, tr but you can't have a health savings account, and health savings accounts can't 
do the work, the good that they're supposed to do for those people, because Congress says that deductible is too high. Uh, and so it really flies in the face of even Republican principles about everyone should have high deductibles. Well, if that's the case, then why are you preventing people with a $25,000 deductible from having a health savings account? The, Congress really needs to act here to eliminate the requirement that you have a health insurance plan at all in order to make uh, tax-free HSA contributions. They should allow people to pair HSAs with any type of health insurance or no health insurance and let HSAs do the, the maximum amount of good that they can for for patients by making healthcare as affordable as possible. So uh, what the one, cha one change that you would make to HSAs is to allow them to be paired with any kind of health insurance if somebody wants to buy health insurance and also uh, alter the uh, required deductible on that insurance, which is, I guess, supposed to just eliminate whatever the deductible might be. What What's another change that you might make to HSAs? There are limits on the amount that you can contribute, for example. Yeah, that's right. If you eliminate the insurance requirement, then you can pair it with any type of insurance with any deductible. There are other changes Congress should make here. Uh, they should also increase the contribution limits. They, uh, they should uh, double or triple the contribution limits. And the reason for that is a worker with uh, your average family plan uh, through an employer, had that, that plan costs about $20,000. And that means that, and, and the way it works out is employers uh, on average pay about $16,000 of that premium and the worker pays about $4,000, um, usually through a payroll deduction. And that money, that $16,000 that the employer is paying for the health plan, that's actually part of the that belongs to the worker. That's part of their compensation. If the employer weren't making that $16,000 payment toward their health insurance, the, the labor market would force that employer to give that money to the worker as cash wages, salary, or some other form of compensation. So the really awful part about this tax exclusion for employer-sponsored insurance is that it lets the employer control a huge chunk of the worker's earnings. And Congress should be increasing the HSA contribution limits in order to allow workers to take all of that money as cash wages without having to pay a tax penalty on it. That's why employers ended up getting to control $16,000 of their workers' earnings is because Congress penalizes the worker with higher taxes unless they sacrifice control over that money. And if Congress expands health savings accounts by say, tripling the contribution limits, then the worker will be able to take all $16,000 and put it in their HSA and not have to pay a penalty on it. So it, increasing the contribution limits would eliminate this tax penalty that Congress imposes on people who want to control their healthcare dollars and make their own healthcare decisions. So that's the second change that Congress should make to HSAs, get rid of the insurance requirement and then increase the contribution limits so that workers can control all of their healthcare dollars without penalty. And then a third change would be Congress should then let the worker take that money that they've put in their health savings account and use it to purchase health insurance tax-free, which current HSA rules don't allow you to do. In general, health insurance premiums do not count as qualified medical expenses for HSA purposes, so you cannot make a tax-free withdrawal from your HSA to pay health insurance premiums. Congress needs to change the law so that once workers take all $16,000 of their healthcare dollars, they can then pay premiums 
for the health plan of their choice with those HSA funds tax-free. There is an element here that may be underappreciated by some folks. Um, At least one HSA advisory firm has said that the people who hold cash, only cash in their HSA accounts tend to hold far lower lower deposits than the people who invest the money uh, that they put into their HSA accounts through mutual funds or uh, whatever options are available from your uh, holder of your HSA. And that seems like a, a pretty good financial incentive to tell people, hey, this is uh, not just a financial account. It's not just a way to save for health expenses. It's actually both. And you should be, uh, it's an incentive to save. It definitely is an incentive to save. And that dynamic of people with lower balances, keeping them in uh, zero interest or low interest bearing cash accounts instead of investment accounts. uh, I mean, that happens with other types of savings accounts as well. So that's not unique to health savings accounts. But what it says to me is that we should be increasing the contribution limits because uh, those workers who, who are keeping very little money in their HSA they usually have their employer making a substantial contribution of their money to uh, a their health insurance premiums. And if we let the worker control that money, that $16,000 in the case of workers with family coverage, they could be putting a lot more of that in their HSA. And then they would realize, hey, wait a second, this makes sense for me to move this from a, a cash-only account to a, you know, uh, an investment account so that I would be getting better returns and be better able to pay for my out-of-pocket medical expenses now and in the future. Uh, so so that's not really a problem with health savings accounts. It's a problem with the limits on health savings accounts. Michael Cannon directs health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.